This audio production is brought to you by TheBestDayEver.com, David Wolf's premium longevity member site. Hi, everybody. This is Len Foley, and I'm here with David Wolf, and he's going to be sharing some tips on his tooth care strategy. Dave, I'd like to start off by asking you, what do you do on a daily basis, actually, to care for your teeth, and what do you recommend that other people do as well? When I was in Oxford, a good friend of mine really got me going on flossing, and he inspired me, and I've been flossing every day ever since. So that's my number one protocol, even more than brushing my teeth. I also brush my teeth usually twice a day, sometimes maybe once every week or so. I'll do maybe three times a day with essential oils and a toothbrush, and then I'll also use a tongue scraper. That's my basic dental protocol, and that's what I really recommend for everybody is brush, floss, use a tongue scraper. There's one thing I want to mention about that, especially using the essential oils. I stopped using traditional toothpaste about eight or nine years ago, a little bit after I met you. And one of the things that I found a little bit of a difference was that it doesn't actually lather in your mouth like traditional toothpaste lathers in your mouth. And I found that a little weird because I didn't feel like I was actually cleaning my teeth. Can you disabuse uh, some of our listeners of the notion that you have to have some kind of a frothy toothpaste that actually cleans your teeth and exactly what essential oils are best to use? All right, I want to predicate all my statements on this, that I'm not a dentist, I'm not a dental hygienist, and what I'm saying is my own experience growing up with a dental hygienist. My neighbor's mom, all the years I grew up, she basically raised me a good part of my life was a dental hygienist, so I do have a lot of experience inside the dental world, but not from a dentist perspective, more from the dental hygienist perspective. This is what I found out in my research in California, when I was living in California most of my life, is that the frothy agents that are used in toothpaste, the um, diatomaceous earth is problematic. It, it's a basically, it's crushed up pieces of silica. It's basically crushed up glass. It's little shell remnants of ancient organisms that were either in the ocean or in tide pools near the ocean that have filled up vast regions of an area called Lompoc, California. And then that over the years, that, that original ecosystem is gone, but the silica shells are still there, and we call it diatomaceous earth. And it's used as the, as the gelling compound that's in toothpaste, and it's used to scratch your teeth. And that, to me, my perspective is it's a problem because it's actually abrasive, and it's irritating, and it can actually damage your gums. Those little pieces of shells, the diatomaceous shirts, can get underneath your gums. It does have antibiotic activity. There's no question about it, but is it at too high of a price? And my feeling is, yes, it's too high of a price. Well, I actually want to address that as well, because before I stopped using toothpaste, I used to always have tooth problems. I would go to the dentist like everybody else, once or twice a year, and it always end up with some kind of an issue, a cavity or something that, a receding gum line, or there would always be some kind of a problem. In the last, I would say the last seven and a half, eight years, I go to the dentist, I have my teeth cleaned, I haven't had a single cavity, I haven't had any re receding gums, I haven't had really any problems that I traditionally had when I visited the dentist, and I'm wondering why that's the case, Dave, and what, what do you attribute that to? Well, I think you've gotten your, your oral environment into balance. This is a really important point, and it's a point that I really only became aware of from talking to my friend, Dr. Jerry Curatola, who's a holistic dentist from New York City, and he, he enlightened me to the whole idea of biofilms in our mouth and how they work. And what's happening is, is we use very, very strong antibiotic substances like, 
like Listerine and Scope and Crest toothpaste and Aquafresh and Colgate toothpaste and all these things that are that are sanitizing our inner environment of our mouth. And what that means is that they're killing all the bad bacteria and the good bacteria. So we lose a natural biofilm protection shield that consists of friendly bacteria that surrounds our, our teeth and our gums and essentially protects our teeth from decay. I've noticed, for example, that when someone has a squamous cell cancer, like a cancer under their tongue or on their tongue or in their mouth, that all of a sudden, boom, they start getting cavities immediately. And the reason is because the biofilm of their mouth has been compromised. They don't have the protective bacteria that shields their teeth from decay. And that is a big area of dentistry right now. There's a lot of research going into biofilms right now. Now, here's an issue. And that is if you're using these very strong products that sterilize your mouth environment to brush your teeth, yeah, you can keep beautiful teeth and everything for years of your life. However, if you stop using those things, watch out because you, you're going to have a dysbiosis where the, you're, you're basically using antibiotics. And so you've got to then return your mouth environment to a balance where the biofilm is of consisting of friendly bacteria that support a healthy mouth environment. And that has to be a slow step-by-step -step process in my opinion, because again, we've been using very strong sterilization types of products in our mouth. And now we've got to move to something more natural, which I like essential oils because they, they are not, they're not going to destroy all the bacteria in your mouth. Sometimes they destroy some friendly bacteria, but they mostly destroy unfriendly bacteria. And the best types of essential oil products are designed to keep your friendly bacteria intact while taking the bad guys out. And then we have to start thinking about building up a probiotic defense shield in our body and drinking kefirs and a, and a probiotic type of food every day, including eating some kind of a sauerkraut or kimchi every day. You know, it's interesting that you should say uh, that you should mention uh, brushing your teeth every day because following some of the advice that I got from you early on, I don't use the same products every single day when I do clean my teeth. Like I know in the old days I had Crest toothpaste. I used Crest toothpaste probably for 10 years. And before that I was using AIM, you know, remember the AIM toothpaste with like the, the little rainbow colors and all the, all the different, uh, the stuff you'd squirt out in your toothbrush. Well, I would use that over and over and over again. But I learned from Dave that there's a wisdom to cycling what you use, like maybe using some kind of an ab abrasive tooth product, but only once or twice a week. And then I use different types of essential oils, say neem oil one day, and then maybe one of the living libation products another day. Can you just comment on that a little bit, Dave? I think that's a great idea. And it becomes more sensible when you have your oral environment in balance. Some days I brush my teeth with coconut oil. Some days I brush my teeth with neem seed oil straight. Some days I'll use a, a mixture of different essential oils like the neem caroli baba yogi tooth through serum. Sometimes I'll use a another version of an essential oil product that is for healthy gums and teeth. So I, I do change it around, and sometimes I brush my teeth with, with colloidal silver, and that's pretty interesting. So you, you do change it around occasionally, and I think that provides a more natural form of tooth care in the long term and of dental care. Another thing I want to say here is that in order to build those natural healthy biofilms in your mouth, I have found from my experience that what supported that for me has been to use Ormus Gold in my mouth my own Ormus Gold. And I put it on a cracked tooth that I've had in my mouth that just, it literally took the problem away. 
I cracked that tooth on a hamburger. There was a piece of bone in a hamburger when I was 14 years old. It split my tooth in half. And then I had a mercury amalgam filling put in that tooth and it was never right. It was always a problem. That tooth was like a time bomb. So when I had all my mercury taken out, I had that tooth fixed, but it wasn't fixed. The filling I had put in, the composite filling fell out and I just left it. I thought, geez, anything's better than just doing nothing's probably better than doing anything at this point. I mean, I've had so much trouble with that tooth. I might as well just leave it. And I have to say it's better now than it's ever been since I was 14 years old. It's, it's literally a miracle. And we're starting to understand more about the role of silica and bone mineralization and the role of ormus and dentin in the form, formation of dentin. That's a lot. That's very theoretical, and there's a lot of research that needs to be done there. But for me, it's been a miracle. So I just want to mention that. And a lot of people spend most of the time cleaning their teeth, but not realizing that true gum and tooth care starts from the inside, from what we eat, mineralization, you know, through the foods that we eat. Can you comment a bit on the type of diet that the person should have if they're having a lot of problems with their teeth? This is a huge issue. There's two directions that we're going to talk about here. One is the direction of like our toxicity and the, and the toxic kind of foods that we've eaten and the backup of sludge in our colon and the bad breath and all of that kind of stuff. No wonder we use such strong sanitizing agents in our mouth. And I, I get it. I understand that. But again, if you get off those sanitizing agents to get that digestive flora back into balance and the biofilms around your teeth back into balance, this is a step-by-step process that requires a lot of meditation on your oral environment and on your your, your own health care in tooth care protocols, you know, where you have to look at all the information and make, make the best choices step by step. Now, the other piece of the puzzle is this whole area of demineralization. You get this all the time with like people who think you can live on fruit or just fruits and vegetables are enough. They don't take any superfoods. They think green powders are like some kind of a scam. And then they end up with tooth problems. And that's a symptom of bone demineralization. It's also a symptom of trace mineral deficiencies. And it can lead to a collapse of the immune system because these little bacteria that live symbiotically with us that coat our teeth they form that biofilm and coat our entire skin inside and outside. They require those trace minerals. They require nutrients too. And that that demineralization syndrome that's going on because you know somebody flies off the deep end and thinks they can live on fruit or they just don't eat right. They just eat junk food their whole life. So they got a toxicity problem and a demineralization problem can lead to a severe dental problem, which makes sense. Because if you have a problem in your teeth, with your teeth, it's indicating you got a problem with, with your diet, with your food. I mean, that's how far away we've gotten from understanding the basic common sense about nutrition and health is like, you're going to be told by your body what the problem is and how to fix it. So if we have a problem with our teeth, we've got to, we can't, and, and all of a sudden our teeth have cavities and then we start eating fruit, our teeth become extremely sensitive. We can't eat anything sweet anymore. That's an indication that we need to eat an entirely different type of food in order to heal those teeth and get them back to normal. And I do believe that teeth can heal, that they're living bones. In, in, in some cases, not all cases, sometimes the damage is so bad that there needs to be some dental work done. But give your mouth a chance to fix itself by using natural means if you can and if that makes sense to you. A crude analogy, I think, that would kind of apply to this situation is having a backed up septic system, but really spending all your time trying to clean your toilet. <laughs> I know it's a little crude to think of that, but I think it's exactly right. And I also want to mention, I, I do know somebody personally who had an abscess in their tooth 
And what do we usually do when we have an abscess is go to the dentist and have them yank it out, have them pull the whole thing out and give us a root canal. And he actually applied some of your herbal strategies. In fact, his name is Lou. We both know him. We work with him uh, quite a bit. And he actually corrected that measure. Now, again, we're not dentists. We're not recommending that anybody, that anybody does that if they do have some kind of an abscess, seek professional help. But just to let everybody know that there are other options out there other than having a tooth yanked or perhaps getting a root canal. But again, we have to make sure that our inner terrain is correctly adjusted and spend enough time early on adjusting that terrain rather than waiting. Dave, I want to ask you also about um, the issues of perhaps keeping one's breath clean and whitening one's teeth because I know a lot of people have some maybe cosmetic deficiencies in their teeth and is there any suggestions you may have in that regard? Well, I think it's great to keep your breath fresh. You know, halitosis is a mortal sin. (laughs) So I do want to put a, a special a special statement in about that. I think it's very important to keep good dental hygiene and very good oral hygiene. And one of the best ways to do that is to eat healthy food, to get the colonics and flush all of the sludge out of your system, and to make sure you eat a broad spectrum of food so you have healthy bacteria, and they'll keep the halitosis at bay. A lot of halitosis isn't toxicity. It's bad bacteria. It's a domination of bad bacteria. So if somebody has candida, for example, they can have very strong halitosis or bad breath. Now, whitening of the teeth is not an area that I'm an expert in. Um, Hydrogen peroxide does work. I know that. I've tried it and it's used in a lot of different products that are out there that are teeth whitening products. And there are some interesting teeth whitening products in the natural health food field that are worth investigating, although I haven't investigated them because to me, it doesn't matter. I'm, I'm not in that world. I don't care. Uh, my teeth are in such great shape right now. I don't need to do anything to change the equation around. I'm so happy with my dental health and how I've been able to change it and alter it for the better that I'm, I'm, I'm not seeking anything more. I don't want to do anything to damage my teeth. My teeth have already been very damaged by dentists and dental surgeries, and I'm not really happy about that, um, And but I am happy about the corrections that I've made in my life to adjust it. Let's talk about something you mentioned earlier about having uh, mercury amalgams in our mouth, the most toxic substance on the face of the earth, I believe, is mercury itself, and yet we're still putting it into people's uh, heads via uh, drilling and in dental procedures. I know a few years ago, Marco Wurzer, you remember Marco, he's a friend of ours, he was visiting me, and I was it was about five years ago, and I had my amalgams taken out, four or five years ago, I believe. And he mentioned to me that he had never heard of mercury amalgams because they didn't use them. He's from Germany. They don't use that in Germany. In fact, in Europe, in many places, that is outlawed. Or if it's not outlawed, they would never even consider using it. Can you comment first and foremost on the insanity of Americans still using, at this moment, probably thousands of people getting mercury amalgam, dental implants, and cavities, getting their cavities filled. What is the reason behind this, and why would anybody in this day and age still do that? To their mouth. It, it just reminds me of the dark ages when they were bleeding people and probably bleeding is better for you than a lot of what goes on in, in hospitals these days. But these are the types of massive mistakes that have been made in dentistry that no one's willing to own up on, right? It's such a massive mistake. It's like, who's going to call it? Who's going to say this has got to stop? And Interestingly, who who stops it is these small countries like Sweden, Germany, where they step forward and say, it's illegal here. Sorry, we don't do that. It's too dangerous. When you're dealing with mercury, you're dealing with something that's 10 times more toxic than DDT. It's neurotoxic. It causes insanity. And we do have an enormous mental health problem in North America. 
It is the number one debilitating disease in North America is mental health issues. And I do believe that some of it is caused by mercury poisoning and some of that is caused by mercury amalgam fillings. Poor, poorly done fillings, poor uh, sanitization when the fillings are removed. So if you're going to have them removed, you've got to make sure that you have a, a dentist who knows at the ins and outs of doing that. It's very dangerous to have mercury fillings removed because it's mercury. And it has been shown that when you do chew down on mercury amalgam fillings, it release into your body methylmercury, which is a reactive form of mercury, and it can get into your organs, and it can cause damage to you over your lifetime. I've met many people over the years who had a complete change of heart, change of mind, change of their overall physical health, change of their overall perspective on life simply by getting their mercury amalgams out. And this is a thing that I recommend that everybody do if you have it, but do it correctly. Find the appropriate, reputable dentist who can do it safely. And there's two ways to have your mercury amalgams removed. You, you can do it the way I did it and then did it. The first way I did it was I was having one removed at a time, and uh, it took me years because I had so many in my mouth. Believe it or not, I had about eight or nine of them in my mouth. So every year, I'd have one or two of them removed, and that was going super slow. And then finally, I found a really good dentist in Tijuana, Dr. Morales, and he basically, you go in there and he puts you under a light conscious sedative and you have them all taken out within a couple hours. You're in and out. Now, I would recommend him for that specific procedure alone, but nothing else because I've never really done anything else with him. But uh, I've known quite a few people that have gotten all their amalgams removed in a few short hours by taking that trip down to uh, Tijuana. And it's I think it's worth getting that stuff out. And again, I just to... Reiterate what Dave said, be very careful you pick the right person because it's almost better to keep the amalgams in your mouth than, than to have it taken out in an unsafe way because that stuff gets breathed into your system. If they don't have proper uh, filtration in, the, in the, the office, but it also can cause a lot of problems by not being removed correctly. So I just want to reiterate that. Dave, do you have any suggestions uh, for our listeners on what they can do right away? Because I know you have a very, you, you, you glibly just stated your protocol, but I know there's a lot of the things you do. I see you using some tea tree oil toothpicks on occasion, which I know you recommend to help stimulate the gums and create some friction between the teeth and the gums. Um, but what, can you just explain, take us through a, a daily regimen that you do um, regularly? When I first get up in the morning, I tongue scrape. And what I'll do is I will scrape my tongue three times and wash it. So I scrape it, wash it, scrape it, wash it, scrape it, wash it. Then I will brush my teeth and I, I wash my tongue with a tongue scraper and then I'll, I'll wash the tongue scraper off and then swirl water in my mouth and spit it out. So just to get all the stuff that, that seeps Fos up. I know you don't use faucet water and I've seen you brush your teeth with actual spring water. And we, I, I, I really want to emphasize that because he's not... I've never seen Dave actually with his head over the sink brushing his teeth. He's usually out by his car because that's where he keeps his spring water and he brushes his teeth outside, which is an interesting concept for a lot of people. Thanks for bringing that up actually. I, I, I do that so subconsciously that I don't even realize that that's an important point. It is an important point not to actually put tap water even in your mouth. Tap water is so homeopathically toxic that there's no way I'm putting that in my mouth. I, sometimes I have brushed my teeth where I just brush my teeth with neem oil, for example, and or neem combinations like the neem Karoli Baba Yogi Tooth Truth Serum essential oil blend. And then I, I don't have any water, so I'll literally just spit it out. I'll just create enough fluid in my mouth to just swirl the saliva around my mouth and just spit the whole thing out. But if I have spring water, of course, I use that, and that is the only thing I will use um, to, to clean my mouth out. 
and then I'll you know I'll go about my day. I will use toothpicks usually later in the day if if I feel like I've had a meal and there's a little bit of like food stuck in my teeth or if I feel like there's a little bit of bad breath or something like that. And then I will definitely floss once or twice a day. Usually later in the day, I'll floss and then brush my teeth again and then tongue scrape again. Tongue scraping is kind of a U-shaped tool that has a piece of metal between two rubber um, grips and you pull it across your tongue and you can get all the coating off your tongue. Every day as you metabolize food, as your body is doing what it's doing, it's going through osmosis to generate some level of mucus that's going to migrate up into your throat, especially after you've been sleeping because you haven't been eating. Normally when you're eating, you're driving that mucus deeper and deeper and deeper and down into your intestines and down into your body. But as you as you rest, that, that mucus will migrate up into your mouth and that's morning breath and it's caused by the migration of mucus and bacteria up your alimentary canal into your mouth. And I like to just get that off and get it out and get rid of it. And the best thing to do that with is a tongue scraper. Now, I will also sometimes after I've completely cleaned my teeth in the evening, I will occasionally use my Ormus Gold on my teeth. Sometimes I'll do it in the in the morning or in the afternoon, but generally in the evening is, is the time I find that's best because I know I'm not going to eat anything after that. And I'll literally just drop it right on, under my teeth and just leave it there. And and that has been very powerful for me. Uh, I've noticed tremendous improvements in my teeth from that. And it's it's like a discovery about about what our teeth are actually made out of and how to actually help our teeth to heal. And this is a very beginning of a discovery. So like any discovery, of course, the mainstream media, the mainstream dental associations are going to poo-poo it and say it's just completely ridiculous and it's just insane. Um, but then eventually as more research comes in, it will be heavily questioned and, and looked at scientifically and then inevitably it will be accepted. So we're in that very beginning stage now, which which is kind of like it's a heresy to even say such a thing. But I do want to say it because it, science is advancing. The real science, real investigation is advancing much faster than kind of mainstream structures of dental associations can advance. And just to uh, address the uh, tongue scraper issue, there are two types of tongue scrapers that are sold in the market today. There's plastic ones and then the metal ones. Personally, I recommend the metal ones because they last longer. You can keep a metal one for almost 10 years, actually, because it's made out of metal if you take good care of it. The plastic ones, Dave, what, do you, what is your feeling about them? I know they don't last very long because they're made out of plastic, but also they don't scrape very well over time. I've never used a plastic tongue scraper, so I don't know. I got turned on to the metal tongue scrapers probably about 13 years ago, 14 years ago, when I really started getting into yoga and started hanging around with yogis more, I started seeing them use it. That's how I really got turned on to it. And worst comes to worst, any tongue scraping is better than no tongue scraping. If you don't actually have a tongue scraper, you can actually replace uh, your tongue scraper with a spoon. It doesn't work as well, but you, you know it still does get some kind of stimulation. And also dental floss, which doesn't work that great, but if you're in a fix, you don't have your tongue scraper with you, if you can't travel with it, I recommend using that as well. When I'm in a fix and I don't have my tongue scraper, I just brush my tongue. I just take my toothbrush and just brush my tongue. That's how I was taught to do it. And when I saw the tongue scraper technology and that idea, which really comes out of the Ayurvedic tradition, it made more sense to me than brushing my tongue. So that that's how I evolved. But I was taught when I was a kid to not only brush my teeth, but to also brush my tongue. Um, I also recommend if if you're really concerned about your gums, just take a little bit of coconut oil and rub it right into your gum line every night before you go to bed. That's just a really nice feeling and I think it, it gives some 
um, anti-inflammatory effect, and it's definitely antimicrobial, but it's very gentle. So that's something I do occasionally is I'll just rub that right into my gums right in the evening. And it does seem to freshen my breath as well because I think a lot of bacteria are harbored in those little small spaces in the tooth, in the food traps between our teeth um, right at the gum line. I just want to talk about tooth care and pets as well because I have uh, some cats that have had a lot of problems with their teeth. They have a lot of gingivitis and a lot of reddening of the gums. And the stuff that they gave me that I was supposed to brush my cat's teeth with did not work. It was awful. And they hated it and they felt like they were choking every time I put the toothbrush in their mouth. What I would do instead is put a little coconut oil on my fingertips and I go from behind. I don't do it from the front. From behind so it doesn't feel like I'm smothering them. And with both my hands, I hold one hand around their neck, gently of course. And then I just rub my, my fingers gently on their gums. And their, their gums have improved since doing that little regimen. And they actually like it better because it's not actual chemical antibiotic. It's a... It's a nice, soothing, antimicrobial, antibacterial, pleasant-tasting oil that they actually don't mind that much, and it's easy for me to care for them. Do you have any other suggestions for caring for pets' teeth? It's not my area of expertise. I don't have any pets currently. I mean, I have three cats that live on my property, and I have a history of having dogs, but it's it's been close to it's getting close to twenty years ago. So I can't couldn't answer that question. Okay, so are there any last-minute suggestions you have for people on the go, you know, who don't have a lot of time to really care for their teeth, like some just definites every single day, no matter what, do this. Even if you're watching TV, you can floss your teeth, or perhaps if you're doing something else, you can still maybe get some essential oils rubbed into your gums. Research out of Scandinavia has indicated that flossing is the number one thing you can do to increase your longevity. There's a lot of research that has accumulated now indicating that the the toxic load of bad bacteria in our mouth actually drips into our system and has been definitely correlated to increase of heart attack and and other problems as well. And we're just now starting to realize how important it is to keep a clean oral environment for overall body health because our, our mouth is the dirtiest place in our whole body, has the most foreign bacteria, the most capable of being contaminated with foreign bacteria, viruses, fungi, everything else. So be on top of your dental care. It's a very important discipline. Flossing is number one. Number two is brushing. I've used harsher brushes and softer brushes. I kind of prefer the harsher brushes myself. That You're going to have to detect that on how that is working with your own gums and your own teeth. I also feel very strongly about tongue scraping. As I mentioned, I like to use Ormus Gold in my mouth as part of my protocol. And then... Instead of toothpaste, I've shifted over to essential oils, although occasionally I will use colloidal silver. In the old days, I used 3% food-grade hydrogen peroxide, 3%. That's important to know because there's stronger percentages out there that can burn you, burn your mouth, so you want to be very careful. I don't use hydrogen peroxide anymore. It's much too strong for me. It's too aggressive. I like the more gentle feeling of the essential oils. It helps to foster a healthy biofilm environment that protects my mouth. With that protocol and where I've gotten to with it, I am not at all concerned about cavities. I'm not at all concerned about losing my teeth. There is one ace in the hole that I have, and that is I do use a zapper on the outside of my cheeks and under my jaw quite regularly. And I think that has a positive impact on the oral health of my teeth and that overall environment, even even to, to some degree my throat as well, because whenever you're zapping, it's getting not only your entire surface of your body is being affected electrically, but it is 
having a stronger effect in that localized area. So that's a very important thing that I personally do that's kind of a secret. Dave, I just want to thank you very much. This is uh, actually really important information. And for those of us who have been in the dental chair and had those procedures done, and I know it's it's horrible when you go into the dentist and you have no idea. It's like a roll of the dice. Am I having a cavity? Is it a root canal? And to have these tools at our disposal is so powerful because it puts the power in our own hands. So thank you so much. Thank you so much. This audio production has been brought to you by thebestdayever.com, David Wolf's premium longevity member site.